I was just starting out as an officer for the police department of New Amsterdam. I was continuing a long line of men in law enforcement in my family. I was a third generation of Hardwicks to become coppers. Chief Lusk was grooming me like he did my father, but I really wanted to impress him on my own. So I took the lead on investigating the Jessica Claiborne murder. I was silent in my approach and took the axe that killed Mrs. Claiborne to the coroner to be examined. The axe itself was forged with a special mix of metals, mostly nickel. The wooden handle was cut from trees from the forest of Ravensville. My first stop was to a local blacksmith by the name of Roman Creakley. He was always dirty and spoke just the same. Officer Hardwick, what can I do for you here? What can you tell me about this? I put the metal axe in his hand to let him examine it. This is good work. I haven't seen anything like this since the last of the slaves were freed. They used metal like this for chopping down trees to be built on the outer limits over there in Ravensville. The Claiborne were the last family they owned slaves, as a matter of fact. The Claiborne fortune was built on the bloody timber. Amazing what you can find out if you just let people talk. By the time I got back to the police station to tell Chief Lusk, Blackstone had returned with the news of Rayford Marley's death, in which he was also killed with an axe. Release the girl. Yes, sir. As I went to the jail cells to release Lizzie Claiborne, I heard a subtle sound of a girl's laughter. <laughs> Young Lizzie, are you alright? I'm here to let you go. It seems your lawyer has done his job. Of course he did. I'm innocent. What did you say? Lizzie's voice was different. It was not the voice of a girl, but something else. Something sinister. But what in God's name was it? I went to the chief immediately to alert him of what I heard. I entered knowing he would not believe me. Hardwick, I knew your father. And he was a trusting officer. And why should you not trust me the same? This girl has a problem, chief. She spoke in a voice that was... Strange, sir. And she's a strange girl. It was like she was possessed. Outlandish. And with that, Chief, there could be a connection between the axe that killed Jessica Claiborne and the axe that killed Rayford Marley. And what makes you think this? The axe that killed Jessica Claiborne? was forged by someone that worked for the Claibons years ago. My intentions were to compare the blade that killed Jessica Claiborne to the blade that killed Rayford Marley. You go and you find yourself your black stone. I think he may know about the girl's sudden change. I shall deal with the business of the murder weapon, Hardwick. Go on. I quickly took the police carriage, trying to find Blackstone. He could be anywhere, but I asked the one question. Where would a man who speaks to the dead go? 
There was only one answer. At the Ribbonham Cemetery, he was in conversation with a man whose voice was deep but clear. He was from the motherland, the lands of Africa. How is Lydia's spirit inside of Lizzie? And how did it happen? I will tell you, Blackstone. Blackstone? Young Hardwick, what is the matter? I heard the girl. Heard her? When she spoke, it was in another voice. The chief said you would know more about it. You heard Lydia. Who is Lydia? Blackstone, you and the policeman come with me, and I tell you what you need to know before it is too late. We travel to a part of town called Zulu Town. It is where a lot of the new Africans live until they are properly immigrated into the country. On the streets, the sale of foods in other native countries goes on as they continue building their part of the city to ensure the strength and dignity of their community. We get inside Zulu Man's home and he begins talking about Lizzie Claiborne's birth. The woman, Jessica Claiborne, was not having just one child, but two children. Lizzie was healthy. An almost perfect child, but the other was not so, as you say, lucky. She was deformed, having a heart beating outside her body. The father came to me, begging that I could see the child and his wife. Unfortunately, Jessica Claiborne had to make the choice to part ways with Lydia. She decided to abort the child, but before she did, I used an old spell that summoned the god Orphidas. Orphidas? Orphidas is the spirit that takes the lost children into the spirit world when they are discarded. The only thing is that Lydia never went into the spirit world. Lydia stayed here by attaching herself to Lizzie's soul. So why did Orpheus not just take Lydia's soul? Someone is controlling Orphidas, using Lydia to perform murderous acts against her family for aborting her. I had been teaching Rayford Marley how to stop Lydia, but now he is dead as well. So who could be controlling this Orphidus? I don't know who is controlling her. But I know who can stop it. It is you, Blackstone. Me? Your powers are greater than you believe. Lydia is only a spirit living in Lizzie. That if you touch Lizzie, you can make direct contact with Lydia and possibly find out who is behind this. And if that fails, then Lizzie will have to die. You will have to kill her with this. 
Zuluman pulled out a long black blade with several African markings on it. You must be out of your mind if you think I'm going to kill someone, less a young girl. Josephia walked out, but Zuluman gave me the blade to keep in case he changed his mind. Convince him, young Hardwick, for it is the only way. There was not much said on our journey away from Zuluman's home. We took the police wagon to the Belson residence. Lizzie was staying with DeLacy and her husband Cortland Belson since she had no one else. I'm not sure, but I think Blackstone just wanted to see DeLacy for himself. Who could blame him? She is beautiful. Josephia, how unexpected. You know Officer Hardwick? Yes, come in. We came to talk to Lizzie, if it's all right. At that moment, Cortland Belson entered. It's not all right. You've come to harass my client, and only God knows what else. Just what are you insinuating, Belson? I know your history with my wife, and I tire watching you be the monkey's paw trying to steal the fruit from the tree. Belson grabbed two swords from the wall and threw one of them to Josephia. If you're any kind of man, you'll do and be done with this masquerade you're putting on before me and everyone in New Amsterdam, Blackstone. If you love my wife, then you fight for her. Why are you doing this, Cortland? It will do nothing to solve this. The death of Blackstone will. I quickly intervene. Mr. Belson, I can't allow this. No. Officer Hardwick. It's fine. If a clash of swords is what he wants, it's what he will get. As Blackstone and Belson prepared to duel, in the window upstairs I saw young Lizzie. But when I looked again, I saw two of her. They were both smiling in the light, like two gackles standing upon the roof waiting on something to happen bloody and delicious. On guard, Blackstone. Let this be the end of this.